Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Straight out of Austin, Texas, it's On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com, with your hosts, statesman sports columnists, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles. Often imitated, never duplicated. Hear it here first on Second Thought. On Second Thought episode 255, brought to you by Hookem.com. Our good friends at Bud Light, Cedric Golden here, as usual, my guy, the Duck Kirk Bowles, and joined by friend of the podcast, the third Beatle, Brian Davis. Texas spring football is in effect. And man, I know you guys are really excited about it. I'm excited. I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control. I think I like it. We're I think you do like it. What's up, man? Hello, boys. How we doing? Good to be with you. Always good to be on the pod. Don't be telling no lies now. We all hate spring training. Admit it. I don't know what you're talking about. To me, it, it's more important than this fall, if you ask me. It really is. It's when we build our team. So it's when we build the team. It's when we find cohesion. It's when we play ping pong. It's when we, uh, you know, determine who is the best barbecue cooker. So what went wrong last spring training? Well, I'll tell you. I can. I can. Can open. I take? Can I take this one? Can sure. I take this one? You're an open uh, forum. Kerstetter put too much salt on the ribs last spring and that just set it in motion and they never recovered from the salty ass ribs that Kerstetter put on that grill. That, that was a precursor to disaster, but I'm telling you what I'm hearing this year, the ribs are on point. The ping pong table is up and going and Texas football, the little general is on campus Gary Patterson and Texas football will be back this fall. Brian, I'm going to start with you. Kirk, close your mouth. I know this is audio for the fans, but I, I don't like that look on your face. Brian, what do you think is the biggest storyline in Texas football in the spring of 2022? Well, to me, there's only one storyline, and that's you know who's going to end up as the trigger man. Of this thing. Uh, oh, is it going to be Hudson card? Oh, is on. it going to be Hudson card? No. Is it going to be Quinn Ewers? Yes. Is it going to be Malik Murphy? No. Is it going to be Malik Murphy? Are you, <laughs> I think we all know who it's going to be. Oh, here's There's all no that in the spring training. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll see that at the spring game, but no, I mean, listen, I, I think we, I think we owe it to the, to the listeners to explain kind of what, what we're meaning by a little bit earlier. It's that, you know, we've been doing this long enough and we've seen enough and heard enough over the last decade that, you know, we're tired of who of how the ping pong table, you know, brought up team morale. And we're tired of hearing about how, you know, these barbecues, uh, you know, brought everyone closer together. You know, look, is this team going to win or not? You know, I'm, I'm tired of hearing about, oh, this recruits pad level you know, was very impressive in practice. Look, can this recruit make plays or not? You know, that's, that's, that's all I care about right now. I, you know, I said this going into the last season, I'm still feeling this. I'm in the show me camp. I'm not in the tell me camp. I'm tired of Texas telling me how great they're going to be. They need to show me. And, you know, they showed me five and seven. And so, Oh, wow. um, Hard. Well, that's what they did. They listen, listen, if Texas, um, it's, it's a bottom line business. As we get more in this NIL era, it's going to be more kind of professionalized as it is. Um, you know, the, fa- the money that's being asked to these fans to start put, being put out there. Uh, and we'll get to that more in basketball too, with basketball season tickets, you know, down the road, just, you know, the university of Texas should be able to round up enough athletes to have a winning season and make a bowl game. 
you are never going to shake me of that belief. And right now, they're not even meeting that minimum standard. You got one word. That, I'll get off my, and with that, I'll get off my soapbox. I got one word for both of you, and that is Baylor. All you got to do is look 100 miles up the road to see a Baylor Bear football program inherited by Dave Aranda along with COVID. Right of the podcast, Dave Aranda. And they go two and seven in the first year. No hope. You know, they're dead in the water. So, and they won a few games last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They won the Big 12. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had a big, beat Ole had a big play in the, the Sugar Bowl. Too. And they beat Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl in one year. One year, Bader goes from two and seven to what did they end up winning? 12 games? What was it? I think, I, won a, I think they were 11-2. And win the Sugar Bowl and the Big 12. Knock off, you know, mighty Oklahoma, and there's a new champion in one year. So you're telling me Texas can't go from 5-7 and seven to the Big 12 champs, both of you? I never said they couldn't. I'm asking. I think they can, oh. dog. Make I a do, case. dog. Make a case. Okay. You, you asked for it. You're going to get I it. <laughs> Sark is the quarterback whisperer. And uh, he was until Casey Thompson hurt his thumb. Yeah. (laughs) Casey Thompson had a good year going. And then he hurt his thumb in that six-touchdown game against OU, and he was never the same in the second half. And we know how hard it is to throw a football with a good thumb. So with a bad thumb and you're undersized and you don't have a cannon to begin with, so that that was the first the first thing they went against them. But they but Sark is a QB whisperer. We know Quinn Yours has a cannon. He's got a gun. And I and if they could just get that accuracy part down, and if he get on the same page with Xavier Worthy and, and get B. John Robinson back cooking, if B. John can get 14 or 15, we know it all starts up front. And that's a big that that is the biggest question to me. To me, it's a big storyline. Because Texas, when the offensive lines are poor, Texas is poor. But when Texas has been great, they've had NFL guys up front. That's just how it is. And so that's why I think they check an important box with yours. Sark is the QB whisperer. They got to get it going up front. They got playmakers on the outside. Xavier Worthy, that guy is really, really good. And, Duck, uh, uh, just so you know, no one called him in, uh, since in the offseason to discuss uh, any chance of him maybe transferring or getting some NIL money. Not a single money. person. Not, not a, a single, single person reached out to Xavier Worthy. That's how what he would have us believe. So, And then the, the, biggest, the biggest acquisition, the little general, Gary Patterson, comes in. And now they're, now they're the worst defense in the, in the history of UT football, just got the best defensive coach in the history of the Big 12. And now, now you have a chance to turn these lemons into lemonade because the little general will not stand for mediocrity on that side of the ball. That 4-2-5 is going to wreak havoc in the Big 12. A Big 12 that's in transition, Doug. No Lincoln Riley in the Big 12. So the big dog is gone. Maybe, maybe Texas can sneak in there, uh, get after the fighting Arandis. And, get, and, you know, and, and, and those kind of things can happen. They've got talent on the defensive side of the ball. Asia Zero is back. Uh, Snacks Colburn is back. Anthony Cook, they say, is having a terrific camp. Deshaun Jameson is back. Duck, there are a lot of lot of good things happening over there. And I believe with the right mix, and if yours is as good as advertised, like Brian said, it all starts with Quinn, yours. If he's as good as advertised, then I think the Texas Longhorns will win the so Big 12 championship. So you're saying 11-1. You're saying 11-1 Big 12 champs. I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm saying ten and two, ten and two, nine and three with a Big Twelve championship. I don't you see from eleven. You just went from eleven wins. To I never 10 said wins 11. To nine I wins. never said eleven. Duck said eleven. 
I never oh, Ducks and I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, that's I right. Never said eleven. I'm not Danny Davis. I know y'all get us mixed up. I know people get us mixed up. I'm not Danny Davis. <laughs> wow. I didn't. I didn't go. I didn't. I didn't bring that eleven. Wow. Out. No. I'm saying nine or ten wins and a Big Twelve championship at Texas. Wow. I think Sarkeesian can do it. And, well, uh, I don't know if he's at, a quarterback. At Longhorn fan, one, two, three, four, five will definitely appreciate. You said that the anonymous Twitter fan will definitely appreciate that. He's not the quarterback whisperer, Doug Lincoln Riley's gone. He's the, now he can take over the title. That doesn't make him better, you know. Just because Lincoln Riley's gone, was he the quarterback whisperer at USC in, in Washington? Was he was he the quarterback whisperer last year? Even when Casey Thompson got hurt, uh, poor Hudson Card. Nobody wanted this guy. You know, he was maybe one of the most highly recruited quarterbacks in the country, and he'd rather play a guy with a bad thumb. So I think that quarterback whisper is on hold. Why? Why Offensive you line? Why are you leaving yes. out? Why are you leaving out Alabama, dog? Why are you leaving Alabama out, dog? Wasn't he an Alabama dog? I give Saban a little credit for that. Yeah, really, Saban no. never has a bad quarterback. Never, never. But I'm but, just saying. But Sark can't get any love from that. Does Sark can't get any love? He did well, but who doesn't do well as the OC at Alabama? Name me one coach who went in there and just screwed it up, you know, as Lane Kiffin or whoever. Just go down the list, you know. Bill O'Brien, great NFL coach, you know. Well, how did he do last year? Oh, okay, they did pretty good, you know. Went to made it to the championship offensive line. Are there any stars on that offensive line? You're right. They're not good when the offensive line is not good, and you can say that about any college or NFL team. I just I don't see the playmakers yet. I don't see the depth, and I don't see Quinn Ewers being a polished product when I don't think he's thrown a pass in college. Uh, are you down for 11 wins, BD? Wow. Why do you, you keep bringing up 11? Why is 11 a number? Okay, let's be – yes, okay. All right, One of the pieces rosy. Let me tell you why this team is going to go seven and five, okay? Woo. Look, they don't – they have yet to prove they can protect the quarterback. They have yet to prove they can sack the other team's quarterback, okay? I reserve the right to change this opinion at any point in the fall, but going in, gun to head, I'm going with seven and five right now and because the reason why is – to Sed's point, if Quinn Ewers is everything that uh, is hoped, right, he could be phenomenal. But remember, this is a guy who's been hyped for well over two, three years now, right? It's going to be very, very difficult for him to live up to what everyone has built up in their minds. And he has yet to throw a, an out route, a slant, a single touchdown pass with a 300-pounder chasing him down. Right. I mean, all the recruiting guys are, well, he was great at Southlake. Well, that was high school. Right. And there's a lot of people who look good in high school. That's right? a And I'm ex- exactly. And so, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not down on Quinn Ewers. I'm not down on any of these guys. I'm just saying that until we see it, it's hard to put a lot of stock in it. Right. And so, you know, the quarterback whisperer, let's be honest, quarterback whisperer started the wrong guy last year. OK. You know, he started Hudson Card. And then we and then we went to Arkansas and we saw what happened on the field there and that wasn't good and Casey Thompson had to come in and basically save the season I thought so you know I, I think the jury's still out on what all is going to happen there but if this team can't figure it out at quarterback um, you know they're going to get some more uh, they got more recruits coming in the way to help with the line but if they can't block and they struggle with tackling. I mean, struggle with pressuring the quarterback. It's, it could be a long fall. I agree. I, I just think they're unproven. I think they're it's like I Baylor was. Like Baylor was. Yeah. Nobody. That's that's a great point. Nobody yeah. was picking Baylor to win the Big Twelve. Nobody. Nobody. Right. So it can happen. It, it can, can happen. absolutely happen for Texas. No, don't yeah. don't as as a as a as a uh, great basketball coach says, don't get it twisted. Okay. Look, Texas can absolutely, absolutely get it to all come together for them. Um, but it's just right now, it, you know, we got to see it first. You get, like Bader picks a linebacker and makes him a stud running back in the Big 12, one of the best running backs, and that's coaching. 
It's about development. I just, at this stage, and maybe hopefully that changes once the calendar turns to September, is how many stars are knocking on the door stars do they have other than Xavier Worthy and Majan Robinson? Is, is there another star on the team that you'd say, this guy's going to light it up in the fall and he's probably a, a high NFL draft pick? Is there somebody besides those two? If, Are we not there, put- if there is, it's got to be Agent Zero. That's it. There you go. That's what I was going to say. And if DeMar- he wasn't last year, was he? No, he was <laughs> not. And I'm wondering, and, uh, you know, this is, this is the fellow speaking. And, and, you know, you're driving around in your car out there or working out. Mark Rosner's listening. Yeah, you're welcome because we're giving you the real knowledge that we know. We're giving you honest opinions on on second thought. I wonder, I wonder if he got a little bit too nil happy, a little bit too, uh, you know, the money was flowing last year at one point. And at one point it became about, ah, yeah, check me out on Cameo. Check me out here. And uh, Bijan, I'm going to work the drive-through at the chicken place at Kane. And so that it started to be about, about that. And that was the biggest story last year in sports, college sports. And I wonder if the focus got away from football. I wonder if Agent Zero got a little bit too caught up because he had a, his phone was ringing a lot. And he didn't deliver that Joseph Osai type of performance that we were thinking that he would deliver when, they, you know, with his, with his foot and his hand in the ground. So I think that he's got to refocus. I like the talent level. I don't like all the armbands. I'm not a big fan of that. But I think he should just go, like, each time he gets a sack, add an armband. Start out with no armbands in the first game. You get a sack, armband. And then by That's the cool. 11th, by the 11th game, maybe you got 11 armbands. You got you 10 have or a sleeve. You have a sleeve. You got a sleeve of armbands because Duck, a BD hit it right on the nose. He hit it right on the nose. They don't have a guy that's going to strike fear into uh, opposing left tackles and quarterbacks. And Agent Zero needs to be that guy. Agent Zero needs to needs to become a Tim Crowder, a Brian Robinson, a Corey Redding type because they don't have that guy on the edge. And I'm not going to mention the, the, the young freshman that's playing tight end. I've beaten that horse. And uh, until he moves positions, I'm not going to address that. But they really need an edge rusher. And if they do have a third superstar duck, it's agent zero. Well, he's, he's playing linebacker, though. He's not – I know he's going to be on the edge. And he had, I guess it was two sacks last year. And I think – uh, they need to use him more in a role. Of They're going to have to, Duck. I mean, you know, you're playing outside linebacker in passing sure. situations, and I know, I know, Patterson is is a four two five guy, but he will morph into a three four. And you you would see guys in the past like a Tank Carter put their hand in the ground and 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 become a pass rusher on obvious passing downs. I think they're going to really need that energy. Um, you tell me, Brian, is there another guy? a younger guy on the edge that you could see providing an impact right now as a pass rusher? Because I looked on the roster and I I see a lot of unprovens. Well, I think the guy that that a lot of the uh, recruitings would tell you could be that is Justice Finkley. You know, now whether that is him or not, you know, I don't know. But um, let, let's be honest, o- Ovia Gofu wasn't, this this big time deliverable monster that they had hoped uh, was available. He was available for a reason, and he wasn't. Right. Yeah, he wasn't at Notre Dame either. So, right, and so, um, you know, and then we look at the rest of the defensive line. Uh, Keandre, you know, probably didn't have as good a year as he had hoped. Uh, Moro, you know, he also didn't have probably as good a year as as he had hoped as well. Uh, you know, Sark talked about this just the other day. One of their biggest problems was in, in uh, I guess, what was it? To, you know, long situations, they would let runs get loose for not just not just eight, nine, 10 yards. We're talking 15, 20, 25 yard chunks. Later game room jumps. Absolutely. Out. Yeah, absolutely. The, the defensive guy turned running back was huge. Yeah. I'm right. A, and so, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the, so, the, you know, I, I, I wish for Texas fans to say that it was just as simple as, well, this offseason they need to fix 
A or B. Well, no, they need to fix A, B, C, D, E, and F, right? And so there's just a lot of issues uh, that need to be shored up. I tell you, the one guy that I'm excited to watch uh, is Ryan Watts. Uh, he's an, he's the he's the cornerback uh, transfer from Ohio State. I'm excited to see what he does. Um, I am curious to see what Anthony Cook can do this year. He's a veteran guy uh, on the back end, but you know, like I said, if they if they cannot get to the quarterback and push push that person around, push them out of their spots, and get guys on the ground, you know, it's it's gonna be it could be a long fall. But most of their guys in the transfer portal aren't slam dunks. You know, Quinn Ewers is the exception to that as far as expectations. But, you know, they've gotten good pieces like a Calvin Anderson from Rice or what was the running back from Cal Watson? Was that his name? You know, he was, Trey he, was good, he was a good piece, you know, but uh, Black. Quinn Ewers is Drake their Black. first one like that because Ovi – wasn't a start in Notre Dame. Ryan Watts uh, started one game at cornerback for Ohio State last year. So these aren't proven stars that are going to just step in like another Baylor guy. I can't pronounce his name. Remember the kid from uh, the nose tackle from LSU? You know, just came now, in. That guy was a beast. Anchor that defense. That guy was a line. monster. No oh, a huge monster. They called, they called him Apu. Yeah. 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 yeah another transfer portal guy. So I keep waiting for them to – play the transfer portal a little better, especially in offensive line. I would think, remember they got Calvin Anderson from Rice and who was the other one? Parker Brown from Georgia Tech. And mm-hmm. get, get a veteran or two in the offensive line, I think would really help this team. Okay, but you guys know that that both Parker and Calvin, <coughs> excuse me, both of those guys were really good plug-and-play uh, for specific, very specific needs, right? Yes. And to me, that's what the portal should be used for is, hey, listen, we have a very specific need and we're looking for a very specific type of person to plug this hole, preferably for you know one year while uh, the coaches go out and recruit uh, you know, high school guys who can play for four years, three or four years conceivably. I mean, I, anyone who thinks you can rebuild your football program through the portal, you're going to be very sorely uh, disappointed. I think uh, yeah. because the way I, the yeah, I don't think I don't think I think you're exactly right, Brian. I think it's not it's not like hoops. No, it's no, not it's like, not like guy, basketball at all. No, you know, get it. Portal, football portal is for very very specific needs. Need based. Need based. And yes. I will say this: I think they may have struck gold in Isaiah. You pronounce it Nemore, the receiver from Wyoming. Speak on uh, that. Uh, I, I've seen him at a couple uh, games and really makes good catches over the shoulder. Great hand-eye coordination. He had some big numbers at Wyoming. I know Tennessee and USC both tried to get him, and I've been impressed with him this spring training. And I think if they get get him opposite Xavier Worthy. You know, kind of keep a little bit of the double teams off of those two guys. And you got a healthy, dare I say, Jordan Whittington in the slot. You got three accomplished receivers as targets for Quinn Ewers, our Hudson card. Did you say, uh, accom- did you say accomplished? Well, Xavier he is, and Jordan yeah. Whittington is when he's healthy. He just when, hasn't been healthy. When is he healthy? He hasn't been, but so when he not, has, so he's not accomplished yet. Oh. Just little bits and pieces. Just hey, little... you're the one picking him to go eleven and one. Don't, yeah, don't... but I, but I, but I, I get. There you go again. <laughs> there you go again. Uh, but I, th- I like him. I like him though. The Wyoming receiver. I like him a lot. I think he's gonna uh, do some good things here. And the tight end, Gutter Helm. You know, um, Juan Davis is good. And, and go back to the portal, it's like, you know, the ones they get are kind of spare parts. You, know, you had Ben Davis, linebacker, he ended up with two and a half sacks to lead him. Keelan Robinson, the running back. I like Keelan. I like you know, Keelan. Great speed, you know, but, you know, he's not going to beat out Bijan or Roshan, you know, at running back. There's, so. But there's a place for Keelan Robinson because he has that breakneck speed. There's always a place. You remember, Doug. Oh, yeah. Jamal, Jamal Charles ran third string at one point at yeah. Texas. So there's a place. There is a place for Keelan Robinson. He is not a dog. He's a big-time player when he's See, in the game. 
see, and that's and that's the thing, guys. Just listening to y'all rattle off these names, it it struck me just how th- that's what makes it so crazy. They are so tantalizingly close, right? Bijan, Xavier, Rojo, a healthy Jordan Whittington, um, Hudson, and or Quinn Ewers. You know that they've got offensive weapons. But again, if you can't block and if you can't sack, if you can't protect your quarterback and if you can't sack the other team's quarterback, it just doesn't matter. That's why I thought that uh, Sark's unbelievable focus on big humans um, is probably going to be what maybe makes or breaks his tenure here, you know, early on, right? He knew that. Uh, the way that Herman's recruiting, you know, did not, it went terribly, terribly, terrible on offensive line. Got to go out and get some big linemen. You know, he told us in mid-October, I can find three linemen tonight if you want, but they're not going to be any good, right? Played I remember strong, that. Played, played the long game with recruiting. Kelvin Banks leading, leading the charge, picked up two five-star linemen. I would assume are plug-and-play guys, hopefully. Get them out there and get them going now, I think, right? Because, look, Sark has to make a move this year. You cannot, you cannot have another losing season or mediocre season on the precipice of going to the SEC. I and, and we, we're, we might be running out of time here, but I no, think the SEC thing we'll, maybe, we'll, maybe happens closer than it happened with, with Bob Bowlesby stepping down. I think if I'm the new commissioner, I step in and go, hey, Texas and OU, let's figure it out. We're not running out of time, dog. We'll just reset the, the speed, dog. We ain't running out of We got time, dog. We got time. Let me ask you all this. Um, just say he puts up a six and six. And then they go to a bowl game and get beat. They're six and seven. It's a losing season. It's a losing season. Two in a row. Would it then be time to circle the wagons on Sark? Me personally, I don't see that happening. I think they turn it around big time this year. But if Brian thinks that seven and five is possible, then six and six is possible. How close are they to being uh, what we thought we'd get under Sark? Are they far farther away than, than you would have thought, Duck? I, I don't think they're close to what Sark thought they would have in place. Are they close to what you thought? They'd have in place. No, I mean, I didn't see five and seven coming. No way. <clears throat> and, you know, you, you, if you don't have your quarterback in place and he's proven, like they had with Sam Ellinger, who couldn't get him over the mountaintop, that's that's a red flag. And like we've just discussed here, the O-line has been a, a, a liability, not a strength. The D-line, where are the sacks coming from? They had 20 sacks last year. Uh, Alabama had 56, Oklahoma State had 57, Georgia had 56, you know, almost three times as many. If you don't have a quarterback and can move the chains and hit the big play and you don't have that edge rusher or the defensive front that can sack him, you're almost dead in the water already. And I just – I don't see that fast twitch guy. You know, I think we all really like DeMarvion Overshone, and he showed up that first half of Oklahoma – like nobody's business. And I'd tell him, you watch that every night and you see the potential that you have. That was the you best. Se- that was the best sequence of his career. Hell, hell, no if, if, if you just cut out the first quarter, that, that alone would put him in the Texas hall of honor. Yeah. Right. Just, just that first quarter. That's how incredible that was. He had the same game. Joseph Asai had at Oklahoma state, you know, his last year, that's kind of where he made his bones. And, you know, the fact that we've seen him do it, you know, at the highest level means you ought to be able to do it again. And uh, another thing we haven't really addressed is confidence. Where's the confidence in, that this team has? And we got to win to get confidence. Well, it's your question. Yes. What comes first, you know? And that Oklahoma week two game, boy, that's going to be what a challenge. And if they got you mean, smoked, you, mean you mean Alabama? Alabama, I'm sorry. If they got smoked by Alabama, oh, my God, that can have the effect of an Arkansas, you know. But if they're competitive and they go, well, we stood toe-to-toe. I mean, the Aggies beat, you know, Alabama last year. So it is possible. So, But that was a damn good A&M team, too. So uh, 
I don't know, the jury's still out. And, you know, we, we wring our hands over spring training in August because everything's so puppies and rainbows. We just don't know yet. We just don't know. The pieces are getting better, but boy, I think they're not there yet as far as the championship caliber team. The little general, Gary Patterson, Duck. Do you think he's running those defensive meetings or do you think he's just sitting and breaking letting PK do his job? I don't see Gary Patterson as a wallflower. Well, he's not, but you know, out of deference and respect for Quitkowski, he can't be running those meetings. If if you're Pete Quitkowski and you're going over there and you're sitting in the back of the room and Gary Patterson's got the chalk, I'm sorry. Just get your money and, and go on down the road. I I think he's got a voice, but I think Gary's smart enough to know he can't be a disruption. He's going to say stuff when asked, and he's going to have his opinion. But And you better tap into that because you were smart enough to hire this guy. But, no, it, it it's still Pete Kwiatkowski's show, but we talked about this earlier when, he, when Gary was hired. Just that, you know, a lot of people are going to say, oh, man, if that defense turns around from 100th in the nation to top 40, we know Gary's going to get a lot of a lot of credit for that, but it's still Kwiatkowski's team, I think. Otherwise, he should just pack up and leave if it's not. Do you agree with me that 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 it's those little conversations after the meetings between Kwiatkowski and Gary Patterson that that are going to maybe bear fruit come the season because Patterson's forgotten more football than any of those other coaches uh, know. So. I, I think it's the little jewels of wisdom, the little confidence boosts, the experience of a Gary Patterson. I think that's going to be really big this fall for that defense. Absolutely, and it's and it's the uh, it's the hey, I saw this on tape. You might want to take a look at this, or hey, I noticed uh, you know our guys are doing this uh, type of a thing. I mean, to me, that's the value of having uh, someone like Gary Patterson and his experience and wealth of knowledge, you know, on the payroll. Um, Hey, I was watching some tape and I noticed a few tendencies here. Hey, I noticed that they uh, do this or do that, or they tip their plays or whatever. I mean, I I don't know, but no, I I think what said, what you're describing is really the, is really the value of that is it's the little comments uh, between meetings, um, it's the putting his arm around guys every now and again who need a little pick me up. Um, you know, you, you, Gary doesn't have to be standing in the middle of the field holding the big whistle to have to have influence. Um, he, he's going to do it in his own certain way. And it'd be nice with, without without Patterson. without without undermining PK. I think. Yeah, and it'd be nice if he could bring a pass rusher from Fort Worth too. That'd be nice. I definitely think that's going to happen. I just think I I don't know. I, I, the, the word that you keep hearing is that, you know, O'Shawn Mathis needs to graduate and be an official graduate transfer. I think O'Shawn Mathis shows up at, at Texas, and I think we're having a different conversation about pass rush. That yeah, could be huge. That would be huge pickup. BD, we appreciate the knowledge. Uh, spring uh, football game, Texas Orange-White game, April 23rd. We're going to be all over it. Appreciate the knowledge. We'll chop it up again real soon, brother. You bet, guys. See you, BD on Second Thought. Duck, always good to talk to BD, uh, bringing it bringing it very strongly on Texas football along with Daniel Davis, the, uh, the fourth Beatle. Um, Bob Bowlesby stepping down as the Big 12 commissioner came, came around in 2012 after the Big 12 survived the poachings of other conferences. And kept it on the tracks, made some money, won 25 national titles uh, under, under his watch. Um, how do you term, how do you, how, how do you label his term? Was successful? I think it was successful. I know some things didn't work out like he thought, but I think he had a good tenure. What do you think? Well, I think it was highly successful. I think Bob Bowlesby is one of the most uh, respected sports executives in college athletics. Uh, I think it's well-earned after his – Stins as an athletic director at Iowa and Stanford. And uh, as a former wrestler, you know, he was uh, as competitive as they come. And, uh, you know, I think uh, there were a lot of bumps in the road and it wasn't an easy path. But I think uh, he acquitted himself very well, uh, has an enduring legacy when 
the Big 12, frankly, could have splintered a couple times, you know, on his watch and came close to doing it, you know, in the last uh, nine months. But he held firm and and was steady and, uh, you know, gave the Big 12 a life, uh, a chance to live another day. You know, and I called it the little conference that could. And they uh, I really I really think they should have gone to 12 teams a lot earlier than they did. But and and I think I think they'd be in a better place today. But that doesn't mean that they didn't have success, Duck. Back to back NCAA championships for the Big 12 in the men's game. Texas Tech in a final that a championship game. So the Big 12 is has sent notice that it is the it, it is the conference in college basketball now. It is the new ACC, basically. So not, not just basketball. You can baseball. Texas Tech and uh, Oak, Oak, uh, TCU have been to the College World Series uh, often. Now, Schlossdale yeah. left for A&M, but those are great baseball programs. Uh, and your, your Longhorns have, have, have been in, in uh, Omaha recently as well. Yeah, and I don't count them them since they're leaving, but I'm just looking at the the survival teams. And and Oklahoma State's got a a very good basketball program, great golf program, one of the best in the country. And, you know, women's basketball, you got Baylor and Iowa State, you got good programs there. So, how about about Houston basketball coming in? Well, not only that. You know, you remember we both thought they should have expanded beyond their 10 teams. And you remember they had, okay, well, we'll look at all comers. You know, go ahead and step to the door, slide your resume under the door, and we'll look at it. And about 18 or 20 teams did, and they said, oh, no, thanks, we're good. But I think because the fact they did do that, they were able to react so quickly once Texas and Oklahoma gave their notice that, they're headed to the SEC because you got four really good programs, you know, coming in. You mentioned Houston basketball, Final Four, Elite Eight, almost back-to-back Final Fours. I saw one poll there, picked like in the top five in basketball next year, had a lot of success in football, as says BYU. Cincinnati becomes the first group of five teams to, to crack the CFP. Central Florida has been – going to major bowl games and, and beating people. So the, the additions uh, will really kind of help bolster the Big 12. It's not going to be the same as with Texas and Oklahoma. They won't have that clout in the boardrooms and be able to command the same TV money once the contract runs out. But I give Bob Bowlesby a lot of credit for uh, keeping a steady hand when everybody else was about to panic. Who do you get? That's the question. I know Oliver Luck's name's been bandied about, and uh, we liked Oliver Luck for Texas athletic director. You know, we did. We, we did. did. Both of us did. We both we both talked to him and hung out with him, and and for some reason it did it didn't come to pass. And uh, but he's a smart guy. He's a Texas grad. Uh, he knows these Big Twelve streets, and um, but. I know that's the sexy name, uh, but what what other names have you heard, Duck? Um, well, you know, I threw out Craig Thompson from the Mountain West Conference. He's sixty five, but he looks a lot younger and, and acts a lot younger than that. Uh, he's been there over a decade and and guided that conference very well. It's funny when you look at the other uh, Power Five conferences. I, I wonder how many sports fans could name the commissioners, you know, for the ACC. Uh, or the Pac-12, but, you know, ACC, you know, they got Jim Phillips the last couple of years, a, a respected AD at Northwestern. Uh, then you look at Pac-12, got George Kleokoff. Nobody ever heard of him. He was from MGM Sports and Entertainment. So, you know, do you need an AD or can you look and just get a great businessman uh, and follow that model uh, given – TV rights and all the uh, options for college athletics and just how, you know, how drastically the athletic landscape has changed. Uh, I don't know if you need to have that AD. Uh, It's good to tap into that, that knows how campus works and know the ins and outs and the pitfalls of that. But it's such big business, Ed, as you and I both know, 
it wouldn't be wouldn't be bad. Maybe Elon Musk uh, needs a hobby on the side, you know. He's, uh, I think I think his plate's full. I think, think his plate might be full. Uh, yeah. If he's getting involved with Twitter, I imagine he's, he doesn't have a whole lot of free time. But uh, I yeah. do I do think you need a money guy, and Probably. you don't really need a sports administrator because let's 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 keep it a buck here. The 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 athletic directors are are doing a fine job of running these these campuses. So you don't really have to be an overseer of the schools. You just have to be an overseer of the conference. So you need to be you need a guy that can go in and talk to ESPN and ABC and CBS and 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 Westwood Radio. That's who you need. That's yeah. who you need. And Nike and Adidas. Those are the guys you need. You need marketing professionals. Uh Bosby is a lawyer by trade. So he checked a lot of boxes, Doug. He he can wear a lot of hats. So it will it, it will it 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 goes without saying that he had a a lot of things in his favor that he that that made him an ideal choice for this job and and finding a replacement uh they'll find a guy the big 12 is a really good conference it's, or or a woman i mean let me let me let me let me make sure i mean you know somebody like chris plonsky don't get it twisted chris plonsky has been in the boardroom she's been in the in the ad chair uh, Chris Plonsky worked in the Big East with Dave Gavitt, uh, somebody like that. And I'm not saying that Christine wants to do it because I, I know she's she's in her 60s. But she checks a lot of boxes as well, Doug. Well, she does, and she's as smart as they come. But I think I'm safe in saying they will not hire a UT person as, as commissioner of the Big 12. So I She'd don't have think- to leave UT, Doug. Well, and she yeah. won't. And they aren't even looking at UT. I promise. I don't think they're going to tap somebody from UT or Oklahoma. I, oh, I, no. That's, that ship is no, sailed. And they will no. not. I was asked on a radio show on Tuesday, um, uh, will Texas and Oklahoma be in on the will be in on the hiring process for this new AD? Yeah. I go, hell no. Not even they're not going to even be invited. They, they, they want nothing to do. The next call Texas and Oklahoma are going to get, the next call that Joe C and, excuse me, CDC are going to get from the Big 12 will be, all right, we're ready. We got our AD. We're ready to sit down and try to get you guys the hell out of here so we can so we can uh, find out if the Big 12 is going to be viable uh, with you guys gone. I think this marriage needs to be ended. I don't think they need to extend this thing any longer than it has to be. My hope, Duck, is there will be a football season this year and then next year, and then the offseason between 2022 and 2023, that these parties part ways. Well, that would be the ideal situation, but it's all about the greenback. It's all about the money. And let's don't kid ourselves. If it wasn't about money, they would have already left and they'd be planning, you know, for the 2023 season. Uh, 80, 80 million a piece, Duck, to get out of here. Is that right? Or is it 60? Well, I think it goes down every 20 million. So, six, so I think it's 60 now. Yeah, I think it is. And uh, maybe 40 million is more palatable, but you would like to think they would start negotiations because it's been a very, you know, sketchy, edgy relationship now, you know, and Texas is a big, bad villain. And I understand that more than Oklahoma. It's like people don't care about Oklahoma leaving, even though they've had so much more football success. But Texas they wanted Texas. Target. They wanted Texas. They wanted that brand. They wanted that. Years. Yeah, yeah they wanted that money. They wanted Austin. They they want Austin, Texas. Is the is the sexiest city in the Big Twelve? Right. No matter what Don Williams says, Austin is the number one city in the Big Twelve. It's the coolest city in Texas, which is the second biggest sta- uh, biggest state, uh, maybe third. Or Alaska, California, Texas, in there somewhere. And so it's a market, Doug. It's sure. a market, and this is about dollars, and this is about visibility and exposure and clicks. And 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 deals and television. It's Texas. And Oklahoma was a great addition, but it doesn't happen. Remember, Oklahoma was trying to get out of here years ago. And they were like, well, won't you holler at Texas and see what they're thinking? They I mean, Oklahoma, Oklahoma going by itself was gonna make a splash, but not nearly as big a splash as the Bevos. Number one in marketing, 
uh, number 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 one in 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 many many areas that involve the bank. Yeah, number one in revenue. I mean, they in Ohio State, and Michigan are always right there at the top, and they've they've salivated over Texas for like three decades. And I truly believe, you know, everything uh, that I was told in the nineties when they pilfered Arkansas, you know, out of the Southwest conference, uh, that they, that was the bait. They really were hoping it could put a, put a big dent, uh, Titanic size, if you will, uh, into the Southwest conference and maybe draw Texas. Uh, and you know, now you have Texas and A&M, you got, traveling partners it makes pods a little bit easier uh but it, it's all about the money and you know texas you know they weren't going to pony up 80 million i don't know i don't think they're going to pony up 60 million maybe 40 because uh maybe uh espn or sec helps them with that but i mean texas isn't hurting for money we know that so yeah, there's uh, oklahoma no so I don't know. Maybe you want me to nominate you for commissioner? I bet it pays pretty darn well. You know, it's not about money with me, Doug. Oh, it's not about money, Doug. It's who not. Who else? It's would about. You it's about the kids. It's about the kids. <laughs> you know, I've heard Kirby Holcutt's name at Texas Tech, but I don't think that's a great fit. Just because you know he hates controversy, and uh, I just I'm just not seeing that happening. I, I'm like you. I could see them going out in the business world like the Pac-12 when they hired Larry Scott off the pro tennis circuit. You know, you don't have to be that AD. And if you're looking at just an AD, you know, kick the tires on Mac Rhodes at Baylor, the AD, who's one of the best ADs in the country. I mean, you look at his last two football hires and Matt Rule and Dave Aranda. Who's they need a money, hires they need a money guy. They need a money guy. Probably will. Probably will. Condoleezza Rice. I thought about her, and, you know, she's probably at that age, too, that might be more than she wants to take on. And I think the fact if Texas and Oklahoma were still in the Big 12, you might get a lot more people interested. But, you know, their long-term survival still could be in question because they're not going to bring home the, the coin that the SEC and the Big Ten members are going to. They just is not. it is it sustainable, Doug? Are we looking at yeah. – are we looking at uh, – Group of five light? Possibly. You know, some people would say you already are because they haven't had much success in the CFP. Oklahoma gets there and can't get past the semifinals. So, yeah, I don't no, know. No, but, the, but, they're, but, they're, but, they're, but their success in hoops, Duck, has oh, to sure. – you have sure. to bring that in. I mean, uh, the, the, they're, not winning, they're not winning championships in football, only, only two championships in the last 22 years. But you know what? They they are big time player in hoops and 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 they were great at the bank with Texas and OU. Moving forward, it's going to be a brave new world for the big for the Big Twelve. They're going to have they're going to have twelve. They're going to have twelve, but is it going to be the right twelve to move a needle nationally? I'm going to say uh, with the people in place, uh, the 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 Kirby hole cuts. The the uh, Dr. Chauvinac at Tech, Laura, Linda Livingstone and Mac Rhodes at Baylor, they got some smart people running the show, uh, but but it's not going to be the same uh, exposure wise wise with those two big dogs no longer part of the mix. It's not going to be the same. And you mentioned basketball, and the Big Twelve is the standard bearer for basketball right now. We got back to back titles, and then Texas Tech, you know, loses to Virginia in overtime. The three tournaments ago. So they're right there. The trouble is basketball doesn't move the needle for television like football, because when the PAC 12 was trying to bring six big 12 members into that league, nobody cared about Kansas. You know, everybody was looking, well, what about Kansas? Never you know, ask them. No, no one cared. No it just no doesn't cared. move the needle television wise, even as good as basketball is. So it'll be interesting follow because it sounds like they want to, Go quick. You know, they, they've talked about three months, and you would think some, some job this important would take longer than that. So yeah, if it's if it goes into football season, it won't shock me because this is a very important hire for the Big 12 for its long-term survival. Well, man, before we get out of here, uh, shout out to David Pierce and company. 
they were up against it in baseball. They get TCU this weekend for three games. Or the, the Longhorns are, what, three and three in conference now. Right. But they survived the series against Oklahoma. Not a great Oklahoma team, but they sure showed up against Texas. They come back from a 7-1 deficit, and now the Longhorns are in position to make a run uh, with, against TCU, which is a 20-win team already. Uh, I still don't like that bullpen, Doc. I still don't like that bullpen. Still problematic. He got some problems in there. I was talking to Dennis Schlossnagel after that Aggie game, and he said, hey, they got a ton of power arms in that bullpen. They'll figure it out, and and maybe they will. And, you know, Coy Cobb had, had, a, had a moment in that series, and, and you, know, you don't give up on Duplantier, you know. Uh, Jared Southern, you know, throws hard. 97. You know? They've they've got they've got some pieces there. They just gotta, you know, get them in the right place. And Lucas Gordon, he's kind of been up and down, but Lucas Harrison's been good in the bullpen. So, but you're right. If they want to be the team they want to be and hope to be, you know, in May and June, they're going to have to figure out that bullpen. But, but what about an offense? How many how many times did we cover between us? You know. Texas baseball when they got down seven one in the seventh inning they're they're cooked they're done but now you got you got Melendez you got Murph Staley you got Dylan Campbell hitting a couple dingers in that series you got pop throughout that lineup Trey Faltini you got yeah. you got you got Silas Ardo yeah two homers Odo and uh, just going up, down the list up and down and Faltini didn't have a good weekend and and. Oh. And he's a money player. Neither did Melendez, you know. But, uh, you know, I know they had 17 hits, you know, against UT Rio Grande Valley. But uh, TCU poses a challenge. And the fact that they've already gotten two series out of the way, they're sitting at 500, two series that were road series, even though it was in Arlington. So now they're going to come home for a while. And uh, that's easy where Texas baseball makes hay. There, it's going to be a fun season. Are you, are you going to any games this weekend? I'm going to go to the Sunday game. Are you, you going to any No, I was going to go Sunday, but, yeah, I got some conflicts Friday and Saturday, so I, I probably won't see one this weekend. You know, you're, you're welcome to go Sunday because I, I, my my dad's car is filled this weekend as well. But if you want that Sunday one, just let me know. Okay. You know, yeah, just let me know. Well, let's let's wrap it up here. Uh, we, we unpacked a lot today on On Second Thought all over Texas spring football with Brian Davis, all over the Bowlesby era in the Big 12, all over Texas baseball. Next week on On Second Thought, Doug, in, this, in the, in the uh, industry we call this a tease, we're going to have a Longhorn legend, and he's got yeah. something uh, brewing uh, that, that we're going to discuss. So be looking forward to that. But for now, we're going we're gonna to take this thing to the house for the Duck Kirk Bowles. I'm Cedric Golden. We'll see you at the games. You've been listening to On Second Thought, powered by Hook'em.com. Join Seth and Kirk every Thursday at lunch for a new episode. Archived episodes are available on iTunes and Google Android Play.